Well, tonight we're going to make it a little bit shorter. And everybody said? <laughs> come on, come on. You cast your vote right there. <laughs> well, 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 well. I really feel like I want to talk a little bit more about prophetic promises, about the due process. I want to talk a little bit more about kind of a, a, a more of a corporate aspect of that. There is the responsibility, of course, that we individually have to steward prophetic promises to our own, of our own, uh, regarding our own lives. That's a given. I mean, we all get that. And we also understand that prophetic promises by the Lord to us individually need to be processed in the context of a community of faith. It's God's design. It's Jesus' idea about the local church. There's the church universal, there's the local church. And so it's so important that I place myself amongst a community of people with whom I have like heart, like values, and I feel like this is where God has placed me. And uh, I'm so grateful for parents that I have who grew up, and obviously I grew up with them, and uh, they caught that. They understood it. And they placed themselves, they placed themselves in our home church there and just served had strong sense of vision. My, my, my dad was really just cutting-edge business guy, very, very progressive, always on the cutting edge of things. And so he, though in the context of, of, of our local church, he understood the significance of him coming alongside and coming under and flowing together with the God-appointed leadership. As a matter of fact, in the first few years of my life, first 10 years of my life, our church did not have the uh, uh, ability to pay our pastor full-time, so our pastor needed to work part-time. Guess who he worked for? My father. Never an issue. Never an issue. Matter of fact, our pastor worked for my grandfather for 18 year, or 16 years before that. And he worked for my dad for 18 years. So anything related to the church, my father positioned himself under his God-given authority, his pastor. Monday morning when pastor showed up to work, pastor understood. Now in this scenario, I'm under Thurlow's authority. You see, they understood just the basic, basic principles of how you move in proper uh, propriety, and you understood God callings and placements and authority. Most people get this. In the world around, you can have a world. You can't have successful businesses without people understanding that principle. The most common that I see it becomes, where it becomes problematic is in churches who have high, um, high value for the prophetic, for prophetic ministry, 
And sometimes when we get downloads prophetically at personal levels or through prophets or whatever, then sometimes some of us, I'm talking about the greater body of Christ. Some of us don't do well in stewarding that because we think that we just got to take matters in our own hands now and we're going to make it happen. And so we look for people who are going to kind of support our little cause. And sometimes at the expense of the greater community. So this is so important. Now, in our house, we have a very high-level value for prophetic stuff. And uh, so I've got all kinds of prophetic stuff that God spoke to me personally. My wife does. My kids do. And most everybody in our church have had major prophetic downloads because it's so much a part of our culture. But we understand that we have a responsibility to steward this within the context of the community of faith. Now, I can tell you that's not always easy. It's not always easy, but it's important that we make our very best effort to move together in divine synergy. It's good for every person at their own personal level, and it's good for the whole. Because God also gives houses of the community of faith, he gives a corporate prophetic vision, and then you have the personal prophetic visions. And it doesn't have to, it's never either or. And so I recognize that sometimes the things that God has said over me, I recognize that I need my family. I need my church family. Or I will never see the fulfillment of it. Because while it may have been spoken to me by a prophet or prophets or something, I recognize that I need my brothers and sisters and fellow leaders and whole congregation. We move together in this. And so I try to, oh, I do, I model that. But sometimes it's hard for individuals. They get antsy, and they want to try to make it happen. I have just a little nugget I threw in tonight for free. (laughs) Keep that in mind, okay? So when we talk about prophetic process, understand when he's talking to me, he's really talking to us. And so we want to be sensitive to one another and say, how can I celebrate the word over you, over you, over you? How can we celebrate together the word of the Lord over us? Let's don't forget us in the midst of trying to walk out the prophetic word to me. This is very huge, guys. This is very, very, very significant. Now, it takes paying attention to it. Now, let's talk about prophetic process here, um, and I want to share with you a few scriptures. I'm going to Exodus chapter 23. If you got your Bibles, Exodus 23, pull out your smartphone or something, Exodus 23, because this is relevant for us at, in our own personal journeys, it's relevant for us in corporate journey and processing the prophetic callings of God. Exodus 23, verse 20, see, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way to bring you to the place I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Don't rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is with him. Verse 20, 
2, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will oppose those who oppose you. Now, didn't that just feel good? It almost gave me goosebumps all over. I love it. My angel, says the Lord, will go ahead of you and bring you to the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites. I love this. And I'll wipe them out. God says, keep your focus. Stay in sync. Stay in partnership. And he's speaking here to the corporate body. He's speaking to all of Israel. You guys stay together and step with one another. You stay and step with me. I will go before you. I will deal with your enemies. You just keep your heart in line with me within one another. And you stay in agreement with my word and my will. And you watch and see what I will do. Come on. Come on. I love this passage. Don't bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Worship the Lord your God. His blessing will be on your food and water. I'm going to take sickness away from you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. Somebody say amen. Verse 27, I will send my terror ahead of you. And I'm going to throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make your enemies turn their back and run. I will send a hornet ahead of you and drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, Hittites, and on your way. But, everybody say, but. I mean, we're just sailing along here and all of a sudden, but. Okay, we better pay attention here. But, I will not drive them out in a single year. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, say it with me, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Several things to learn about process. I want you to think about this in a corporate sense. Okay, cool. We all love the personal words, but we also understand wisdom says I've got to stay in sync with my family. I've got to stay in sync with those who God has joined me to. And, and we've got to stay in sync together because it's really key to my personal words. And it's also key and it's important that I work together for the corporate calling in the word of the Lord. So let's look at process. Here's one. There are enemies and obstacles to overcome in any land of promise. Oh, joy. I bring you good news. Any land that you're going to overcome, there are going to be some enemies. There are going to be some obstacles. Do you realize you could never have a victory if you didn't have an obstacle? I mean, we have all kinds of cool songs of celebrating the goodness of God, the victories, and, oh, and all of the glory. But you've got to have some obstacles. got to have some enemies to overcome. Do we just love that feel-good experience when an enemy has just been defeated in your life, a giant has been brought down? It's like, yes. It's really cool on that side of it. But when you're facing the giant, like, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, dear Jesus. Now, the, 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 where's another thing we can learn? If we listen carefully to what he 
he says and do, uh, uh, what he says and what he does, God says, I promise you, I will oppose those who oppose you. Think of that in your corporate sense. God will send an angel ahead to deal with the enemies. I've seen situations where you take a band of people together, and if there's any discernment and felt threat of the enemy wanting to, um, to invade or to detour or to distract or something, and you get, you get a, a family that comes together and begins to pray and to move together in divine rhythm together, it's interesting to see how God will turn the situation around. Now, notice this, that the people of God had to grow in their ability to manage the land, and so it couldn't happen in one year. It happened, had to happen little by little. Sometimes we just want to see God in one fell swoop come in and wipe out the enemy and say, here it is, step right into the promise. It often doesn't work that way. In order for prophetic promises to be filled, sometimes we have to pass through giant land before we possess the promised land. Every time I get a prophetic word or I'm reminded of prophetic words that have been spoken over me, I am immediately aware of the fact that there probably will be some enemies to overcome. Now, Pogo once said, now we don't live by Pogo, but Pogo said something. It was one good wise saying. Pogo says, we have met the enemy and he is us. It was a long story. He left camp, came back, and there was all kinds of issues. But anyhow, the point is, sometimes, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. Sometimes we are standing in the way of the very thing that we so eagerly want to possess, that God has promised. Sometimes we as a community need to have a little arrangement and rearrangement of our hearts and how we function together so we can be a healthy functioning team that can reach out and possess the corporate promises of God. What that means is, is that none of us can ever afford just to have our own self-interest in mind about what I want, what I need, what makes me feel good. It's like sometimes it means deferring in honor of one another and saying, it's not my preference. And you sometimes think, by the way, being a senior leader as I've been for 40 years now, being a senior leader doesn't mean the senior leader always gets whatever he wants. No, he won't last long at all. Because most people are smart enough to run if it's always things got to be his way. And so there's oftentimes I go, oh, I'm disappointed. Not everybody around me is as enthused about this idea as I am. Oh, Jesus, let him see the light. Let him see the light. And, and, and there's, there's often times, there's often times that we're in our, our leadership team. And I'm so, we're so blessed because in all of these years, we've just never had a blow up in, in, in our leadership team and, and such. As we, we just never had it. Because I feel like God has graced us in knowing how to defer to one another and recognize the grace and the anointing. You see, sometimes some of our team, if I put something out and say, guys, how, what do you feel about this? Here's something I just feel kind of prompted by, and 
I think maybe God's in it. If it's the right thing, maybe it's the right time. Maybe it's not the right time. I don't know. In other words, you can do the right thing at the wrong time and know where he are. Won't go. So it's got to be the right thing at the right time. And there's those moments and seasons of time when you have to step in when it's the right thing at the right time. And so every now and then some of my team, if I'm the initiator, and I'm not always the initiator, sometimes other team members, they're the ones initiating, like, yeah, that's what I love, because we're a team together. But sometimes they'll say, tell you what, Galen, you know, I, I, I personally don't feel quite like you do on it, but you know what, I'm going to defer to you, because since you're the senior guy here, if you really feel like it's what God is saying, I will run with you on it even though, honestly, I'm not feeling that. Well, and I have about two or three saying that. I'm like, I think we'll just put that on hold. That's just wisdom. I'd like to still stay in the house, you know. It's just it's wisdom. And there's a time and time again, I walk away from that meeting, I'm just a little disappointed. Sure enough, down the road, it was so right and so wise that we waited. It may have been a good thing, but it was not at the right time. And there's been a few times on minor points, not major points, but a minor things where they've said, and I said, okay, I'm just going to run with it anyhow. You guys okay with that? Hey, man, we're with you on it. Then later I go, yeah, <laughs> I should have paid attention. But you know what I appreciate about the fact of the honor and the deferment? And so <clears throat> we really work that way together. And so we have a department, and somebody has responsibility over that. I don't invade that. We honor that. Now, they're guys because they'll check in with me and some of the other leaders and say, how are you guys feeling about this? Here's what I'm feeling like God is leading. Here's what I feel we need. And you know what it is? About 95% of the time is like, go for it. We're with you. We support you in that. You just run with it. If you need any... Any, uh, you know, feedback, you know, I might offer some suggestions or ideas. But man, we support. We just support you in that. Because they have sometimes a personal calling in an area, but they're always asking, is this in keeping with the corporate vision of the house? This is so huge, guys. It's so huge. That we've moved together in a corporate vision. Honestly... Part of why I'm preaching this is because that's what I was feeling, like the Lord was wanting to highlight this and encourage all of you in this house, all of you wonderful people who have such hearts for Jesus, is to maybe in this season to give particular attention towards how can we, is there anything that I personally do, is there anything that I can offer to the whole for, this, for the strength of the whole body? Is there anything that I need just to hold back on or be wise about so that the whole body is not um, distracted or hindered in any way? Because there's some things that, you know, we go through seasons at personal lives. We go through seasons in corporate body. And um, now, uh, keep in mind, I'm sharing all this just really knowing nothing. You know I mean, when I, when I showed up here, I, I honestly knew nothing. Ray has not told me anything about all the cool stuff that's happening in your body or, or whatever. I mean, I'm just like getting this downloaded home the last two weeks. So I hope, I hope I'm hitting the mark on it. And so I hope this is an encouraging word to you tonight. 
There's some beautiful things that God has done through this fellowship. There's beautiful things that he will do into the future. But I caught it this morning. Pastor Ray, I don't know if you intended to say it or if it just came up out of your spirit. You said this is a time to, to kind of a resetting. And I thought, wow, that's interesting you just said that. Because that's what I was feeling. That's what I was feeling. And you, as a pastor, said it. I don't know what that meant to you, but I think there's an element of like, okay, okay, church, remember what I talked about tennis this morning? You're hitting the balls over here, and you're running across the court over here. Get back to center. And I kind of feel like it's a season. Get back to center. Everybody get back to center. Let's make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Let's honor those who God has placed in leadership to give the give set course and direction. Get back to center. Because you can't play the game well without getting back to center. You get off over here, and now your opponent's uh, serving that ball, and, 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 and you, you'll miss it. See? So you want to get back to center. So I feel like the Lord is just highlighting that to us, and hope that it can, it can be encouraging and in no way is it intended to, 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 to be something like a, a kick in the pants at all. It's just meant to, to really be encouraging to you. Uh, I need to find my spot here again. I scrolled past it, and I need to scroll past a whole bunch of things, past a whole lot. Well, I can't find my place. What did I do with it? Here it is. The enemies are for our good. You say, what? Remember, I'm a positive preacher. The enemies are for our good. They really are. Because it's our opportunity to grow, to gain some spine, get, 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 get some steel on our spine. It's an opportunity to grow in faith and confidence. It's an opportunity to, for our faith to be put to test. It's an opportunity for us to exercise courage. You remember, if you never have an enemy of opposition, you'll have no story of victory to tell. I want some stories of victory, some fresh ones in this new year. Well, that means I might face some kind of a challenge or difficulty in this year of 2019. Probably will at some level. I hope it's not too heavy duty. Lord Jesus, no, don't let anything major crazy go on in my life but in some way shape or form there'll be some kind of opposition but it's my opportunity to grow and that's like so huge so you got to grow though little by little so let me pose this to you in what way can you personally be in a little by little growth in 2019 because you're little by little and your little by little growth will turn into a corporate powerful little by little and you will make forward advancement so you can possess new territory and take on greater challenges of a prophetic calling in your life. And you can look back, you tell stories about it. You can write stories about it. It's beautiful. So I want to talk a bit now about... This is so huge about prophetic promises being activated by decrees. A decree is to make an official order or pronouncement. 
um, it can actually have a legal ruling effect on something. And uh, in um, let me give some examples of decrees. There's negative decrees. There's positive decrees. For example, maybe it's on the job and you have a coworker, and perhaps somebody declares this. You know that guy at work is absolutely worthless and good for nothing. Yike. Now, the other guy may be struggling and maybe he's failing, maybe he's lazy. I don't know what all the things are, but when you make a decree like that, mm, boy, that's, you, gotta, you better want to think about that. And when you look at somebody and you, something rises up in you and you say, she will be a great success in life. Wow. You say, oh, they're just words. Oh, no. No. Words are powerful. Words have a creative ability to bring something in the invisible into being. And God said, right, let there be light. We carry his DNA. We're sons and daughters. We walk with him. He's put a grace and anointing in our lives. And that's why Jesus said, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you can be condemned. Words are powerful. Now, what I want to point it towards, though, is the power of prophetic decrees. This is something that I have found to be so helpful in my life personally and in our church. And to take what God has said and we just agree together. My sweet little wife, I wish you could meet her. She's a sweetheart. And and, uh, we do this all the time. We do it. In different times, and some one of our favorite places at night when we go to bed, we lay there. I grab her hand, she grabs my hand, and we say, Lord, we just agree together. We agree together right now, and we will begin to declare the things that God has said over our lives or said over our community. And we do it, it's a lifestyle. We started it 39 years ago together as a couple, and we're still doing it 39 years later. And you know, part of what keeps it going is because we've seen the results again and again and again and again. You remember I said this morning, you cannot afford to take a passive attitude about prophetic promises over your life personally or corporately. It's absolutely essential if they're spoken corporately in your own personal life. You say, Lord, I just believe what you said about our church. I'm in agreement with the word of the Lord. I'm in agreement with the leaders that you have placed, and I'm going to run together with them. Oh, you set something in terms of alignment. Then it's almost certainly you will see the fulfillment. Now, there's certain things that he will require us to do in the process. One of the first things to do, is let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable in his sight. And you know what's acceptable in him? Our Father just loves it when we pray in agreement and we speak and make decrees according to what he has said. You know, literally, we could take and go all through Scripture and spend three or four hours, thank God, It's not going to happen. But three or four hours and walk through the Bible and see example after example after example. 
It's so good. But I just want to encourage you guys in this. About 25 years ago, we had a prophet came to, prophet slash teacher came to our place. And uh, he, uh, actually I had never met him before. And he had worked with Dr. Larry Lee back in the days of all the prayer movement. And this was the season in which uh, he, he, he came. And uh, on the last night of the meetings, he said, I want you to turn to Isaiah 50, uh, 43. And, and he read the verse, I think it's verse 18. Um, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? And then he began to exhort us. He said, there's something new and fresh that's going to happen in this house. And he said, what the Lord is wanting to give you, a, a, a get your attention tonight, and he's calling you to come in agreement with what I believe to be the word of the Lord. And he said, I, I could feel it in the room. Some of you are kind of going right now. Oh, well, big deal, whatever. And he said, sadly, some of you actually may not be here when it actually happens. He said, I hope that I'm wrong on that. But with what I'm sensing in the atmosphere, I'm sitting on the front row where Pastor Ray's sitting. I'm thinking, oh, no. I would that everybody would get their heart in alignment and agreement with the word of the Lord. Well, that week, our leadership met, met on Tuesdays at that time. So we all got together and after he left town. And uh, I said, guys, what do you think? I said, I feel like that's a word of the Lord to us. Somebody said, yeah, but what's it pointing to? I said, I don't know, but it's exciting. It's going to be good. Now, anything that God does is called a new thing. I'm all in. I've never known of the Lord to mess up. If he's doing something new, it has something to do with new in the context of who we are or where we're going or something of that nature. They say, yeah, that's right. We're in agreement together. I said, I want to take that scripture that I just read you, and I want a big banner. And our church, uh, the building, little building we had was a little bit narrower than, than what this room is. And I took that banner, made a banner that was about that tall, and stretched it out all across the front. front a big vinyl banner had printed. Next Sunday, we showed up. Early service, folks. Early service is 8.30. Second service was 10.30. Early service folks. And I said, anybody remember what this is about? Yes, 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 yes. And a few people sitting there. Whatever, you know. And uh, I said, here's what we feel like the Lord wants us to do. We're not going to just kind of quietly say, well, amen. Yes, that was a good word last week. But we are going to make decrees every week until we see the new thing. Now, I can tell you, not everybody got enthused. And so I said, you know, some of you, 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 you're not all that enthused, but I'm going to teach on this this morning. I'm going to show you why it's so important. And if we will be faithful and with a spirit of faith declare the word of the Lord, we will see a new thing. First service folks, man, we're declaring it. Second service folks come in at 1030. We do the same thing. Week one, week two, 
Week three, that banner never came down. Week four, week five, we're into this about three months, and somebody said, that banner still need to be up there? I said, yes, ma'am, it does. It's got to stay there because we're going to keep ourselves in remembrance of the word of the Lord, and we are going to make decree every week because it's about agreement with God. God is looking for partnership. We cannot afford to have a lazy, lax attitude and just sit back and say, well, let's just wait and see. You know, that's a surefire way of not seeing the new thing. Three months, four months. We hit a year. That banner is still up there, and we're still decreeing it every single service. Sunday night services, too. We would meet like two Sunday nights a month, I think, at that time. Matter of fact, it was every Sunday night at that time. And we, we made those decrees. Month 15, we're still making the decrees. Ah, and then 16 months into it, one morning, the 8.30 service, the holy fire and the glory of God fell in the place. Now, we're just like you. We're passionate worshipers, people of prayer, people that we had seen so many things that God had done in the miraculous in the years preceding. We weren't lacking. We weren't lacking. It was a vibrant, rocking place and, and such. And yet the holy presence and fire of God fell into place. The first service folks were all on the floor under the power of God. Some of them unable to move. Children on the floor under the power of God prophesying. It went on. Second service folks tried to get the air into the building. They couldn't get in. Some of them said, stated that when they drove onto the, into the parking lot trying to find a place to park, the Spirit of God hit them. Others said they had to park way down the streets, and they would, came, came to the front door and grabbed hold of the door, and they said, this, the fire of God hit them, and bam, down they are on the ground of God, experiencing an encounter with God like they had never experienced in their lives. It was, a new, it was new in terms of the kind of expression where the raw power of God came. That went on for two and a half years. Thousands of people came to that place and would come every week to say, I've got to find God. I've got to experience the power of the presence of God. We've never been the same since. And the prophetic words, there were other prophetic words before about something happening and all this stuff and people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it didn't make sense to us. But that night, we caught a hold. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. I got to say this, as a corporate body, it's really important that we want to pay attention to sometimes just a verse of scripture that someone may share. Now, you got to remember the brother that shared it, he just real calm, cool, collect, talked about like this, wasn't very excitable, not an ounce of hype in it. He just stated it. But because we had developed a culture of attentiveness to what God was saying, multiple ones of us picked up on it and said, we must heed the word of the Lord, and this will help us. Let's get that banner. Let's keep it before us. Let's get in agreement together. So the day when the fire and the power of God fell, Guys, it didn't just happen. 
there was expectation and preparation. And when there was this divine convergence, divine convergence within the sovereign hand of God, and as suddenly took place. It was mind-blowing what we saw happen. And the countless stories. I go places today and somebody will say, oh, I met you. Oh, really? Well, where did we meet? Well, I met you way back when, and we came once for a service because we had heard, and we drove four hours just to get there because we had to get there because we heard about what was happening. And I experienced God. My life has never been the same since. Those stories are out there again and again and again. People would be on the floor of the presence of God for hours and hours of time, and they were getting healed up. People who have been traumatized through abuses and such were having these supernatural encounters and getting healed up. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Usually that can be quite a process, but we were having people that were having these major, major encounters and healings and, and, and such were happening. But I've often wondered, had we not been attentive to what God was saying, and if we had not pulled together in a holy unison, I, I just know it wouldn't have happened. And so there's several thousands of people whose lives have been forever touched because there was a group of people who paid attention. You guys have paid attention to numerous things over the years, and the lives have been touched, and your outreaches and such. It's beautiful. It's powerful. But in this season, what is the Lord saying, or what has he said, that maybe we need to kind of come back and rally around? And as different ones who are part of the fellowship, you want to be saying, what kind of adjustments do I need to make so I can give my whole heart and soul in agreement with the word of the Lord and what our leaders are feeling God is saying together. You may be surprised at what you see into the future. You, you may be. Maybe you won't be surprised, but I have a hunch. There's some, some maybe some hidden things. My sense is there are some things that the Lord has hidden for you, and what he's looking for is the power of agreement to unlock because when the angelic hosts of heaven are commissioned by the Lord and say, I want you to go down there, and I want you to pay a visit to, to uh, open heaven's church, he may be looking, there, there's a certain point of, um, of, of when there's this level of unified agreement, and we're not distracted, we've set appropriate boundaries, we're not going to let the enemy in, in any way, shape, or form, we're going to draw boundaries in our own personal lives, and as a corporate body, you may be surprised at what could happen in terms of the release of the focus, divine hand of the Lord moving in your midst that will carry you into the future with great grace and glory. There's some things, I'm, I'm feeling this so strong, there's some things I think, Pastor, that are hidden for you. And that's a beautiful thing, because that's how Father does he doesn't unload everything on us all in one fell swoop. We couldn't handle it. I really feel there's some things hidden for you. You and your fellow leaders pray about that and just ask the Lord. And God may reveal it through someone in, in, in the body here. I mean, out of the mouth of babes sometimes. Sometimes there's things that children say. I'm like, I think I just heard God speak to me to this child. Whoa, I've got to pay attention here. 
When the fullness of expectancy and preparation converges with the fullness of time, you get it suddenly. True at personal levels, true at corporate levels. So I'm going to live with expectancy, and part of the expe- when I live with expectancy and preparation has to do with holy declaration. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. It's really key. It was a prayer of, uh, of the psalmist David. It should be our prayer every day. And that we should be, be checking in at our hearts. Um, oh, we're going to scroll through that. That's not necessary. That's not necessary. Oh, a lot of good stuff, but, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you know, come on. We, we really don't need that tonight there. Um, there was something else I really felt to share, and if I find it, the power of prophetic decrees. Angelic activity is attracted into your circumstances and into your midst through decrees. This is huge, guys. Angelic activity is attracted. When you release something from your heart of faith and with your mouth that originated in the heart of our Father, it carries the fragrance of heaven from, 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 fragrance from the throne room of heaven. Now, keep in mind, angels are assigned to obey and enforce the word. Psalms 103, verse 20. 103, verse 20. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. If you remember Exodus 23, uh, we, we just read, my angel will go ahead of you. You see, angels carry out the word of the Lord, and they heed the voice of the Lord. Okay? And, uh, and so what we want to be is the voice of his word in declaration. So we may hear the voice of the Lord. Now we want to be the voice of his word. And in doing so, when there's that divine alignment, there is a divine synergy. And Father sometimes says, okay, angels on dispatch now. Go flood open heavens, church, right now. Because they have been preparing, they have holy expectation, their hearts are in agreement with me, individuals are growing in the grace of the Lord, the leaders have made declaration and said, here's what we're going to focus on, here's what we're moving towards, and the, and the Lord says, angels, go, boom, and angels come about and do the bidding. It's powerful. And so... Angels, though, are released by the command of the Father, but it has a lot to do to be uh, with our decrees, which are the voice. We become the voice of the word, if you will, and that releases divine order. I'm just about to quit here in a minute, but you remember Joshua and Caleb and the whole story. You know, they go out to Kadesh Barnea, and, you know, and Caleb and Joshua... Um, they were the only one out of 12 who said we can go in. And so as a result, uh, when, when they, they were actually being, um, they were the only two that were really carrying the word of the Lord in the depths of their soul that turned into declaration, we are well able, let us go up, we are well able. I'm telling you, it's more than positive thinking. 
I know sometimes people, if they don't understand the principle, well, it's just kind of you're trying to put mind over matter and da-di-da-di-da-di-da. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no, there's something much more foundational and something more powerful than that. It involves the mind because the mind has to focus, but it has to do with the responsiveness of the heart, has to do with agreement with him. The saddest thing about the whole story, and you go back and you read it, and of course you guys have all heard it preached and such, is, is to see how many people that paid a price because they would not come into alignment. They wouldn't come into alignment with those who were the voice of the word of the Lord. And so I'm always listening in my life. I'm always, always listening. I've been listening since I was a little kid, paying attention constantly. God, what do you say? Oh, you're saying this through our pastor. Whoa, whoa, I, I want to get my heart in agreement with that because he's a part of the, he's a appointed one of the Lord. And man, I want to be, I want to stay in alignment. I think I said this morning, but I felt like that so many of the blessings that I've experienced is because I could always keep myself in a place of honor with my natural mother and father, keep myself with in, in alignment, my heart in alignment with our leaders, our pastors when I was a kid growing up, and with my spiritual father. And in doing so, I know it has released much grace and some divine protection on my life and such as well. And not because I love Jesus anymore, but somehow by the grace of God, I've been able to maintain that. And so I just urge you, I urge you to say, pay attention to what God is saying. Pay attention to how the Lord is working through those who God puts over your life. You know, let me tell you what, you know, uh, there is a reality to God's designated ones who he appoints us to lead. You know, when I walk into different rooms and different atmospheres and places I go, and I don't know, not when I'm going there to, you know, to, but I walk in and the first thing I'm interested in, I don't care if it's in a secular setting, I'm looking around, who's the one who carries the God-given authority? I want to make sure that I align myself with them. I go into the city, and you guys, this, you serve your city. Serve the police department, fire department, you were telling me? Police, yeah. And so you're recognizing when you walk in there, who are the sergeants, who are the captains, who is the chief? And you yield yourself to their authority. There is such grace in that. There's such blessing in that. And you get to reap the benefit of it. Now, most of us have enough common sense to do that out and about in the world. Right? Like, duh. And those who don't? Sometimes for a long time, looking through them bars. Because they paid no heed to those who God appointed to be in authority. We just need to make sure that in the church world, that freedom is not about doing my own thing. Freedom is about being a part of what God's doing and in flow with who God has appointed to lead. It's beautiful and it's powerful. Well, I just want to just bless you. Just bless you. That's enough. Enough words from me. There's something really precious that God is doing in your midst. And I know you have a great history. You have a lot of great stories and, and stuff how God has worked. And in this season I, season, I believe there's some things that are hidden. And I believe that one of the ways that you will see that which God has hidden for you is, by as the whole body says, hey, what can we do? Gather around our leaders and what can we do? 
How can we be even more in line? We want to move in agreement. This is a fresh season, 2019. It's a new year. And I think it's, I'm saying this by the Spirit, it's a new season for this congregation. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Little by little, little by little, you know, God will give you more territory. You're being faithful. You're being diligent before the Lord. You keep maintaining your heart before Jesus, and it's a beautiful thing. You will see the things that God has hidden for you. And as you keep your hearts aligned together, you just might be surprised how some of the things that you personally felt like God has spoken over you all of a sudden will be drawn out of you and you personally will be launched into. You see, if you keep in mind the whole, the corporate, and the others, you will find yourself personally be drawn out and prophetic promises fulfilled in the process. If you're only concerned about your promise, your word being fulfilled, it can become rather self-serving if you're not interested in brothers and sisters and what God has said and saying and celebrating their victories and looking at the whole, say, looking at the whole and saying, how can I add strength and life to the whole? I know you're already doing that, so keep it up and uh, just, just, just keep going for Jesus. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, Pastor Ray, at some point I thought that maybe if we could just kind of pray over individuals too for, for God to release uh, individuals into uh, that place of expectancy and continue faithful and diligence to preparation um, and, 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 and keep those hearts alignments. And, and sometimes just, I don't know about you guys, but I love it when, when people just like to just want to pray over me. I mean, people in the church, sometimes when we do some, what we call some prayer tunnels or fire tunnels or whatever, I, I, use, I always like to let others go first and just in acts of, of, of honor, and I go get at the end of the line. It may take me a while, but I get at the end of the line. I said, don't, I don't want to miss my opportunity. I want all of you guys to, to pray over me. So, Pastor, whatever you feel would be what we should do next, that's, uh, yeah, I just defer to you on that.